My life is likened to a bargain store And I may have just what you're looking for If you don't mind the fact that all the merchandise is used But with a little mending it could be as good as new Why you take for instance this old broken heart If you will just replace the missing parts You would be surprised to find how good it really is Take it and you never will be sorry that you did The bargain store is open, come inside You can easily afford the price Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick, And the Giants are building their offensive line. Free agency kicked off. Kind of slow. Giants players are signing elsewhere. Austin Johnson, Keon Crossan, and oh yeah, Evan Ingram. Uh, and the Giants have signed offensive lineman Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano to their to their team, which is the biggest need for this Giants team, even though there's a lot of needs. Justin, how you feeling after day one of free agency? Bobby Skinner, I woke up this morning feeling a little apprehensive, as I feel like every Giants fan should. Um, just heading into this offseason, heading into next year, not knowing what the team can be, and you know, maybe having some expectations with Shane and Dable being better, Wink Martindale being the defense coordinator, but woke up feeling apprehensive because the Giants don't have a lot of money. We knew that they were going to make some sneaky, under-the-radar moves, maybe not knowing all the positions that they were going to target, but we knew that this was going to be somewhat the approach. But my worry was, are we going to leave the offensive line all up to the NFL draft. Are we going to put all of our eggs in the basket of fixing the offensive line in the NFL draft? That's the thing I was worried about, and I'm going to put my head down on my pillow tonight, and that is not going to be my worry tonight. The quality of players that we got are a different story, but putting all of our eggs in the basket of fixing the offensive line in the NFL draft, that is not going to be the case this year, which I enjoy that. How are you? I'm good, and and again, they still have a huge, massive hole at right tackle, which won't be able to be filled in free agency. Yeah, the line you know, is but, not fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely not. But you know, they're big pieces. You know, I kind of view it the way I've you know came away from the 2021 draft, where it's like, am I totally in love with the way the players that they have right now? It's like, no, I like I like Tony. It's a risky first round pick. Aziz is a good value in round two, but I was like, they made the right, they made smart moves with the trade back. Uh, and I think that's the way the Giants uh, attacked day one. They made smart moves, and they're going to have some comp picks next year, it looks like, with some of the you know the signings that went elsewhere. Uh, so we're going to get into it. You know, We did a film break. got film breakdowns on these guys, too. You guys can check out. So we've done our homework on these guys. Uh, before before we break, uh, get into it and break down the Giants, even going back to how Blake Martinez cut, this episode was brought to you by some special people. Jacob Nason, which reminds me of Jacob Eason. Of the Colts, Jake Zelly. At first, I thought it was just Zell, um, like the the money company. Am Scott, you're okay with us. Bradford Decker, uh, Black and Decker. He has the best drills you can find. Actually, I'm a more of a Dewalt guy. Peter Cosma, uh, Kyle Kuzma's younger brother. Benjamin Kelly, who I think Benjamin Kelly, uh, he said he's he like replied to one of my tweets saying my guy. Yeah, and I just jokingly responded. I was like, "Don't you ever call me that again." And then I think he subscribed to Patreon five minutes later. He's like, "So I think he we appreciate each other's humor." 
Oh yeah, I I think I was complaining about the. I was joking. I was complain. I was joke complaining about the weather being a low of like forty six. You know, to kind of like rub it into the northeast face, and then sure. Harrison Mayer, who's got great hair. Justin, who are these people? Before we get, let's go. Patreon.com backslash talking giants two dollars a month plus some other tiers. You can hang out with us, watch shows live. Bobby Skinner will send you stickers, magnets in the mail, and you are entered into two shirt raffles per month. You get some other, you get some other perks too. Um, Patreon.com slash talking giants. Thanks to our patrons. Let's talk about the giants since that is what we do. The Giants signed offensive lineman Mark Lewinsky, who will be 30 years old when the season starts. Three years, $18.3 million, 6.1 average annual value, $11.4 million guaranteed. Um, essentially a two-year deal. You know, the third year would be a million and a half of dead cap. Um, you know, his cap hit for 2022 is only $3.3 million, So, you know, it's not counting, you know, like they're they're able to do this stuff before they go crazy and trade Bradbury or have to cut, you know, some other guys possibly. Justin, him as a player, he's kind of, he's an average football. I think he's an average player, like an average to like slightly above average. And, and that's what that contract look, you know, is, you know, when you look at the contracts around the league for guards, that's, that's what you like, that's what they're paying for. And that's what the Giants need right now. And pass pro, listen, he gives up ground. Like, he gets depth, and he isn't going to, like, hold up the grid against bull rush, but he sustains his blocks pretty well. Um, he has some ugly reps when he's not playing, like, that full head-up man. But he's athletic. Like, he can move really, really well. I think this is much more of an advantage as a signing in the run game. You know, because you can use him in both gap and zone. Like, when he pulls, he pulls really well. He lands, uh, you know, he gets his hands and his helmet in the right spot every time. What, the outside zone, I mean, he moves really well to be able to flip his hips. And, like, that's, you know, that's why, you know, Colts and the 49ers and, like, some of those teams have really good run games. It's because they're able to do both. And, again, he can work good movement on combos. He's going to be the starting right guard. Because Nick Gates is a TBD, he right now is the second best offensive lineman on the Giants. Which isn't saying much, but we need those guys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, You talked about the contract a little bit, how the cap hit is low for this year. It goes a little bit more higher in 2023, but this is basically a two-year deal. Um, and Dan Duggan kind of outlined that on Twitter, where 2024, the Giants basically can cut ties and not have a lot of dead cap associated with it. So this is basically a, a two-year deal. And the way that uh, Joe Shane breaks down, breaks down his contracts, and Dan Duggan also tweeted this out too, which I find this to be very interesting, something that the Giants did not utilize with uh, you know under Dave Gettleman, is utilizing workout bonuses and then also per-game bonuses. So, you know, that's 600K that's basically laid out right there per year in a given contract where 300K for a workout bonus, 300K for a per game bonus. Now, it's not $300,000 per game. I think that would add up to $17,000 per game. But that's just, again, a way that Joe Shane can kind of, you know, work that cap where if a guy's going to miss time, if a guy's going to miss time due to injury or if they don't want to show up to voluntary workouts, then that's less money the Giants have to pay. And it's also a good way, especially for those workout bonuses, it's a good way to get guys to show up to, you know, those off-season programs, even if some of them are voluntary. So, Bobby, the thing that concerns me the most, and you kind of talked about it, and I want to get your more of your opinion on it, um, is Glowinski's pass pro. You know, we're going to feel good about him as a run block. We're going to feel good about him as a run blocker and his versatility that way. Um, but it's 2021 advanced stats. Uh, Two sacks allowed, both of them versus Tennessee. I think he might have gotten the Simmons experience through that. Um, eight QB hits allowed, one QB hit from week seven to 18, however, so that's pretty solid. 
but 38 pressures allowed. That's that's the big thing. Where over the course of his career, he's been all right in terms of allowing sacks and sacks and QB hits, but it's the pressures. And PFF usually does like to overestimate pressures, but it's the pressures that have been a problem with him. And he has a career 96.6 career pass blocking efficiency rating, which isn't great. And actually, his 2021 pass blocking efficiency from PFF was worse than Matt Scora and Will Hernandez. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't know how much the pass blocking efficiency stat works, but the way he gives up his pressure is very much like he's moving backwards. And again, I think the the not the Bills calling ourselves the Bills right now because we're we're you know the Bills of New Jersey. But the way Bobby Johnson, they're gonna want to slide more, which will will help him in some of that because he he likes to get uh, vertical. You know, he like instead of you know some guards just that. One, two, like jumping at guys and popping them. He's going to get get depth. And because he like because he doesn't have like the greatest punch or whatever, or, or even the greatest strength, he will give up ground. You know, where he'll sustain the block, but he will give up ground. And there'll be plays where, you know, he'd be kind of not in the QB's lap, but right there. Now you're saying that he's getting, you know, he gets too vertical and he gives up depth. But, you know, you talk about with Bobby Johnson as offensive line coach, how they're not going to be doing as much vertical sets. Does it apply as much on the inside? Let's revisit that for a second and how how it relates to Glowinski. Um, it doesn't apply as much on the inside. It applies more so to the tackles, you okay. know. Where, but it's going to be like half line slides where you know it's hey you're responsible for the gap next to you, you know. So you're taking that right step. If you're sliding right, you're taking that right step no matter what. So it does help him, but he's still even then like he like you know he he goes to the hop step a lot because he can be like uh vulnerable to bull rushes you know um you know his hand work is all right nothing it's it's not very it's not very good hand work honestly um so he's he's vulnerable to bull rushes so he's gonna be kind of pushed back a little bit it's not and it's not every rep is bad like he sustains them but i will say with him like if you look at john uh, feliciano like john feliciano will have some great pass blocking reps you know where Mark Lewinsky, you don't have like those dominant pass blocking reps. They're good. They're sustainable, you know, majority of the time, but like he doesn't have any dominant pass blocking reps, you know, where it's like you're showing, you know, where we're clipping it on, you know, Monday afternoon and putting it on Twitter. Yeah. And that's not necessarily something that the Giants are looking for. And, you know, like you said, with, you know, the, the contract that they're signing Glowinski for, that's the kind of player that they're getting where they are, you know, you really look at this contract, especially being a two year deal. It's a bargain player, but this is an above average, you know, pretty solid run blocker. But then you could say maybe a little bit more, a little bit more below average pass blocker. And I think that's going to be fine, especially if Daniel Jones can continue to manipulate the pocket. If Daniel Jones is quarterback in 2022, if he can, if he can manipulate the pocket, I'm okay with that. If somebody's going to be allowing ground and if somebody's going to be allowing depth and if they're going to get pushed back a little bit, Daniel Jones is able to manipulate that pocket a little bit better. And as long as you're not letting somebody be a free rusher, Cool. Good. Right? Yeah, he, and he'll have, like, some bad reps, but they're not like the rookie Shane Lemieux where he's just getting swam off the line and then you got, like, a free yeah. rusher in his face or or the Will Hernandez once, you know. Um, as far as stunt pickup, it wasn't, like, the greatest, but, it, like, again, it wasn't like Will Hernandez where it's just like, man, how are you not seeing this type of stuff? You know, it's like, oh, maybe he's a little slow to react where Will Hernandez at times was like, well, you just didn't react to this stunt. Do you think his feet are too wide? No. Okay. Because that's, I was watching your breakdown and I'm looking at it like, I feel like you're, you're giving up depth here because maybe your feet are too wide. But his oh, okay. stance is wide. 
you know, but it, it, you know, gets to a decent level. And how about this? So here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was thinking as it relates to giving up pressures, but not giving up a lot of QB hits and sacks, you know, again, trying to relate, you know, um, relay the eye test with the stats ability to recover the hop step, which he, which he does often. You pointed that out in your film breakdown ability to recover may be the sign that he gives up pressures, but not QB hits and sacks. Is that fair? Yeah, that's a Yeah, that's that's dead on. Perfect. Okay. So he'll slate in at right guard. He's one hundred percent going to be a starter, obviously, with that contract and and with his level of play. And again, this is the situation the Giants are in right now. Like this is what did we? This is what we went into free agency with, like with our free agency plans. Like get a guard and you know that like five to eight million dollar range, and you got him at this at the six point one average annual value. That's what we are looking for, and then obviously it's backloaded into the second year a little more than the first year, um, which is as fine. far as the contract. Yeah, you know, and then the not likely to be earned, or you know, so like the per like you mentioned the per game bonuses. So he'll he'll come in and start. You know, it's a good start to help you in the draft. There's a good chance one of those tackles are at five. I really do think that, and that was before today at free agency and free agency with the Jags and the and the Jets made me feel a lot better about it that Neeler or Quan are going to be there. Um, but you can't have that right tackle hole, which was not going to be filled in free agency. Like the right tackle hole was not going to be filled in free agency. There's no way, at least not a long-term solution, maybe a one-year stopgap Mike Remmers type, which would suck. Um, but guard, it would have been weird. Like, okay, there's so many other needs on, on this team and guard who maybe not have the greatest positional value and you have – you know, you have an edge who you like just as much as Kenyon Green or whatnot. Like, you would rather take the edge, but the Giants have, like, the, you can't have those huge needs. And right now, with, uh, we'll, you know, talk about with John Feliciano, like, they don't have that, like, glaring, like, we have to, have to get a guard on round one, round two. Still would like to see yeah. one maybe in round three. Um, or, or eight. And still, if they trade back, I'm still banging on the table for Kenyon Green mm-hmm. and, or Zion Johnson, regardless, you know which one's there. Like I'm, like I'm still, I'm, bang, I'm like, okay, this is the time to do that. Uh, you know, like if there was a Kenyon Green versus David Ajabo like thing, that would be that would be tough for me. Um, yeah, I don't think any of these guys prevents you from doing anything, which which makes me happy. Number one, that the Giants didn't overpay for an offensive lineman, a player here or there, right? That makes me happy, but it also also makes me happy that. The Giants acknowledge these positions, and again, that we're not just banking on the NFL draft because the the board could go for the first five picks, Bobby. You know, the, for the first four picks, it could go. You know, Aquano and Neal are both gone. It could go that way. You know, we're hoping that it's not as Giants fans, but it, it, it could. And then you double up defensive, or you trade back. You know, whatever, whatever. And then you're in the ultimate doomsday disaster scenario of love. Oh shit! What are we gonna do with this offensive line? And we are panicking draft day. At least now, it's like, you know what? If we don't grab a guard, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not preferred. You know, there's a lot of good quality guards, you know, day two and three. You know, even outside of Zion Johnson, Kenny Greens of the world, Tyler Linderbaums. Um, But we're not panicking like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? We are doomed. We're done. Um, So that's that's why both of these moves make me feel good. All right. You want to talk about the next signing? Yeah, well, uh, also one final note: uh, Glowinski has a great beard, fantastic beard, out of control. It's unhinged, unhinged. And a fun fact that relates to the Giants, and a fun fact that relates to the Giants. 
2017, Giants played the Seahawks. And shout out to Patreon member Eli Bittner, who sent me this video. Um, Giants play the Seahawks 2017. Um, Glowinski hits Snacks Harrison a little too late in the play. Snacks Harrison kind of flops, but also falls down. Glowinski gets a 15-yard penalty 2017. And that is your uh, Mark Glowinski Giants connection in history. That was a big-time flop by Snacks Harrison. I mean, it was also a pretty big hit. I was like, the the announcer said it was a flop. I actually thought it was a legit hit. He got hit kind of hard. Don't be a don't be a B word, snacks, um, and that goes to both snacks in our lives. Yep. Uh, all right, Giants signed. Now we don't know the numbers on this contract yet, but it is a one year deal. They signed John Feliciano from the Bills, six foot four, three hundred twenty five pounds, thirty years old. So both these guys will be thirty years old when the season starts. Um, I think John's like seventy days older than uh, Glowinski, out of Miami, by the way, which I love. Ooh. Justin, what I thought was most interesting, and we'll talk about him as a player and break him down as a player, is it was immediately to be this to play center, like it was like to play center. And again, he's got center guard versatility, but he played guard for the Bills. Like it was immediately like, oh, he is he's going to play center, and that to me signals they are kind of slating him in as the starter, which I guess we could talk about that conversation. But as far as uh, Feliciano as a player. Like he's strong, he gets national movement. Like he'll have, like a, uh, you know, like uh, in in the past in in the past game, like he'll have some really awesome reps, but he doesn't have the same athleticism that Mark Lewinsky has. Where there'll be times where he'll get you know he'll get beat to a spot, and he'll get you know his guy will be washed around the edge or will beat him around the corner. But uh, you know his his feet are his feet are pretty slow. His handwork is all right, uh, but like he's a, he's a decent pass walker. I I would think. There's times where I think he's a better pass blocker than Mark. He, I, I do think he's a better pass blocker than Mark Lewinsky. You know, even though again, like he isn't the same, uh, the same athlete. And then in the run game, he's strong. He gets natural movement, but uh, again, like he doesn't fit exactly the the wide zone. You know, pull. You know, they pulled him, but like he's not the greatest puller. To be honest, he kind of reminds me of like a a better, like a good version of Will Hernandez, if that makes sense. You know, where like. Like maybe I should reword that, but he's kind of got like Will Hernandez's skill set, okay. you know, which got you excited about Will Hernandez in the draft pick, but Will Hernandez didn't pay it together. Like he's kind of like as far as like athleticism, he's kind of got the Will Hernandez skill set. Um, and then we talked with our Bills guys, like he's a really high IQ guy who you know is good at calling out protections, and you see it with with the Bills, like good communication with the center. Um, that being said, I don't know if he should 100% be slated in as a starter, especially the fact that they are saying he's going to play center. Yeah, that was kind of strange, and maybe that maybe that was an agency thing. I have a feeling that was an agency and a player thing, because the second that the first thing that, Felici, that Feliciano tweeted out that he was signed to the Giants is, I know centers that get I I play next to centers that got like 11 million dollars. That was his first tweet. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I guess you got a chip on your shoulder. You want to play here. You want to be good. You want to get more money because this is a one-year deal. So I, that's my guess, but it was kind of weird. Like, you're center. Like, this, they signed him to play center. They didn't just sign an, off, they didn't just sign an offensive lineman. They signed this guy to play center. So I did think that was a, that was a little strange. Well, and he should be much better than Billy Price, you know, if he is starting at center. <laughs> Any, which, anyone again, that they bring we, in. Should be better than what they had last year. Yeah, I know. So it's like we're not saying the bar is super high. 
Uh, but you know what? It's about improving, and we're not. Again, we're not going to. We never thought the offensive line was going to be fixed overnight. Regardless, I almost want to go and ask Nick Gates, like, what do you? What is the plan for you this year? You know, um, and maybe we'll have some answers. I hope we don't have an answer, to be honest, this week, because when I watch both of those guys, uh, Nick Gates is clearly better. And again, we don't know what Nick Gates is going to be like post injury, but if Nick Gates is close to what he was. I want Nick Gates playing center. Like, I don't want to move him back to guard. I want him to play center. If he could play guard, fine. Um, but I would like him playing center. But it seems like from the fact that he, that they are saying that Feliciano is going to play center, it's like, okay, there's, he's, you know, he played under Bobby Johnson with the Raiders and the Bills, obviously, understanding the offense. It seems like that's more of like, okay, this is how we're going to, you know, like get communication down and right without having to put all our eggs in the Nick Gates basket. You know, like that's that's what that seems like to me. I watched uh, the 2020 game where he started at center against the Cardinals, and he had four games at which he started at center since 2019. Uh, versus Tennessee, 2019, zero sacks, zero hits, one pressure. Versus Denver, 2019, zero sacks, zero QB hits allowed, one pressure. Versus Seattle, 2020, zero sacks, zero QB hits, four pressures. Versus Arizona, 2020, zero sacks, zero hits, one pressure. Still watched it, and I don't want the Giants to pencil in right now Feliciano as the starter. Uh, I, I, I do not want that. If it happens, and if it's got to happen, great. Like, I, I'll I'll be okay with it, and let's see how the draft board falls, especially in, you know, days two and three. But I do not want the Giants to pencil in right now John Feliciano as the starter. I, I don't I don't want that. Especially because it's only a one-year deal. Yeah, and he's dealt with injuries, you know, um... Now I was, I was talking to Anthony, and you know he had he had COVID, and then when he came back, they just made no effort to bring him back into the starting like he was the starting guard. Yeah. Um, the line gelled and, better without him, and yeah, yeah, which I I would assume meant you know playing more zone schemes, and obviously you know Feliciano's uh you know uh, deficiencies with athleticism would show up in that that point more. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want them to pencil it in. I think. He, he, I, uh, he can be good depth, you know, or or play or play him at guard, you know. Yeah, I, like play him at guard if you need. Like you got Mark Lewinsky, let like let him battle with Shane Lemieux or Nick Gates. Like there's yep. got to be some type of battle between those three. Like Nick Gates expects to be back next year and playing, you know. Like, uh, you know, maybe you know he maybe he's being unrealistic, but like there's next like that I would, injury I would want was him ugly, but it was the it like you know from coming out of those surgeries, it was the best case scenario for a horrible situation. You know, like he's working out. Like, I, I think there's a good chance that he's playing week one. I don't know if he's going to be the exact same player, um, but I think that should be there. And, and Shane Lemieux is a player worth letting battle for a spot at the, at the moment right now, like kind of let Lemieux and Feliciano battle for that spot. Cause you got, you know, your interior offensive line right now is Feliciano, Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux, Ben Bredesen. Those are your four guys. Ben Bredesen, I'm kind of out on you. You can be a backup. Hopefully, you can be a good backup. Um, and that leaves Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, and, and Feliciano going into the draft or going into day two of free agency. Maybe they add somebody else. Um, and I feel like it kind of should be a best man wins out of those situations. But I also understand the point of view of like, hey, this is a new regime. Nick Gates does have a broken leg. Shane Lemieux hasn't proven anything in the NFL. And they're a guy they're comfortable with who Bobby Johnson's worked with under the Raiders and the Bills 
who is known for understanding uh, protections and setting stuff and being a good communicator, a good locker room guy, being like, he's going to be the starting center. And Nick Gates, if you can come back, you'll be a guard. I do understand it from that point of view. Yeah, and it's all going to have to depend on, especially how the draft board falls. I'm not going to criticize free agency. Why didn't you bring that guy in? Why didn't you bring this guy in? But if we're if we're in the middle middle rounds of the draft and like a you know a Parham uh, Dylan Parham is on the board from Kentucky, right? There's also uh, there's another interior lineman, um, Luke Fortner from Kentucky. There's you know <laughs> they got they got like three they got three interior offensive linemen there at Kentucky. Um, I know one's going to go a little bit higher than the rest, but. If we're looking at the draft and the Giants are up and those guys are, you know, we're at a point where they could be taken and the Giants don't take them, I'll be like, well, you know, maybe maybe a missed opportunity. So this is really going to have to be like a wait and see kind of situation of how the Giants address the offensive line and, you know, where, where, where they go. But I do not want the Giants to just pencil in right now. Like I said, if it happens, if it winds up happening and those guys are off the board or it doesn't make sense to take a guy here, cool. Feliciano, you could start this year one year. But if they're just penciling it in right now, not happy with that. Oh, yeah. If you're talking about like attacking the top of the draft. Okay, okay. That makes more sense. Um, and again, if they draft someone in the third or fourth round, it also takes a lot of pressure off those guys. So like, hey, you don't have to come yes. in and start right away. Yes, yes, you yes, know. yes, yes. Which that's also the thing with your putting all of your efforts into fixing the offensive line in the NFL draft, well, then we have Shane Lemieux starting in his rookie year as a fifth-round pick, and he's not ready to do so. So we also want to avoid those situations, too. Right. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this plays out because there is new additions. They lo- you know, they're losing Billy Price, Will Hernandez, you know, assuming those guys both aren't. I mean, I think we can safe to say Billy Price isn't back now that they signed Feliciano. Um, Will Hernandez... Um, I think it's safe to say he's not back either. Um, no, even though they could not. bring him back, I'm on the minimum. Um, but with Ben Bredesen and Shane Lemieux, it doesn't make as much sense. Somebody had a really funny tweet today. Uh, Buccaneer signed Will Hernandez for a five-year, $200 million contract. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> he actually like, did like the – like they changed their account to um, – it was actually Sweaty Boy. Uh, changed his account to the my football uh, or my sports update guy and like yeah. Will Hernandez signing with the Bucks and I was like oh my gosh and then I looked at it for half a second I was like oh that's not that's not happening gotcha um, so right now starting offensive line Andrew Thomas left tackle Mark Lewinsky right guard right tackle who are you saying Matt Pater Matt Gano oh right now um Gano Gano me too yeah center. Feliciano or Gates? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Feliciano right now. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, we're... Left guard. We're rooting for Nick Gates, but left guard. Um, oh, oh. Nick Who Gates, Shane Lemieux, Ben Lemieux and Gates, Lemieux, Bredesen. Lemieux. Lemieux. I would say Gates. Okay. You optimist. I mean, I'm, he's not battling... Quentin Nelson, he's battling Shane Lemieux, who's also no. I'm, no, I'm saying I think I think Nick Gates has more of an injury obstacle than a competition obstacle. I guess we'll see. We need to we need to get some concrete information on what Nick Gates is going to be like for training camp and stuff. Because I'm so tired of talking about it. I hate I talking about hypotheticals like this. All right, Justin, read the DraftKings ad and we'll move on. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. This Wednesday, I cannot wait for Rutgers. God willing, the Giants don't make any moves and we don't have to record because I want to go to Rutgers and I want to watch the the playing game against Notre Dame. And you can get part of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets. If they do, it's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still join in on the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? Rutgers. Who will hit the most three-pointers? Point guard on Rutgers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook 21+. plus. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Rutgers is back. So it's like in New Brunswick. I think it's called On the Green or is that Morristown? No clue. But there's an area where there's a big TV. And it's right by some some food spots in Rutgers, and all the students like go and watch it together. So our friends, that's what we did last March, and Rutgers won a few games, and it was electric. It was awesome. So we're going again Wednesday, nine p.m. That's where I'll be, New Brunswick. Come join me. I kind of hate the play-in game because it's like when I'm picking my bracket, I'd like to know who's representing that yeah, side. Yeah, that's tough. But Rutgers is going to win, and then they're going to play Friday again against Alabama. Beat Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, all right, quick, one more signing that happened, then we'll talk about some of the you know current Giants, or used to be current Giants. Former Giants, I guess that would be the word for it. Giants signed uh, wide receiver Robert Foster, who uh, came in with the Bills in 2018 as a UDFA. 6'2", uh, 196. He had a good rookie year. 27 catches, 541 yards, 3 touchdowns, 61%. And that, again, Josh Allen wasn't lighting it up that year. You know, like he wasn't, he was kind of an average player. You know, you look at like he was a big play machine uh, and catching it on 61.4% rate. It was like, oh, my gosh, like this guy, you know, I was talking to our Bills guys and they're like, man, we thought it was going to be a wide receiver, too. And then just kind of got phased out where he had three catches in 2019 on a 16% catch rate, which is unreal. Like, that's horrible. And then went and had two catches for Washington and then spent uh, this past year with the Dallas practice squad. I mean, this guy is being brought into battle for the bottom of the roster you know where if it maybe maybe he makes you feel a little bit better if they were to move on from Slayton but at the end of the day this guy this guy's made it he's bringing he's coming to battle in camp like I I don't this shouldn't be like a, oh you know this this gives us flexibility to move on from Darius Slayton this is the end of the roster ba- uh, spot no um the advanced numbers from 2018 are good 20 first downs on 27 catches 20 yards per reception and you know, when you include that his average depth of target is like 20 yards down the field too, he had 6.2 yards after the catch per reception. That's a lot for a guy that's targeted deep down the field. Usually don't see that. Usually see a lot of the, the high yak guys, they're targeted in the, in the intermediate part of the field. The guys that are targeted deep, they don't have a lot of yak. Obviously not a big sample size. Um, the only issue, Bobby, um, you know, with all this is that he's had 24 catches and five first downs since 2018. And you even look at his time in Alabama, which the little four fun, targets and five catches. The little what was that? Twenty-four targets and five catches. Well, wrote that. Well, no, I said twenty-four catches on five first downs. That's what I have. 
Did I get that wrong? He's only had five catches the last uh, three years. Oh, wow. Really must have gotten that wrong. Um, my bad. And um, important to note, though, I guess, he was with Brian Dable in 2017. They He was a senior at Alabama in 2017. Brian Dable was the offense coordinator. So I thought, oh, maybe, he, you know, how was he used at Alabama? Was he somewhat of like a prospect coming out? And no, he had, four, nope. he had 14 catches for 174 yards and one touchdown 2017 his senior year. And he barely has more pro catches than he did at Alabama through four years. So um, part of me thinks that maybe he's not even an NFL player without Brian Dable. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, I mean, he was on the Cowboys practice squad. You know, this is, this is kind of if if it turns into something, wow, awesome, hell of a story. But I want to bet on it. I think he should have. I mean, he's a big play machine in in 2018. Um, you know, and that was with you know not as good Josh Allen and Matt Barkley throwing yeah. the ball. But it just seemed so, like that injury kind of did something because he just hasn't played. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with Robert Foster. But don't don't put any too, uh, too many eggs in that Robert Foster back basket. Blake Martinez took a pay cut, and I was surprised by this. You know, and you could say it's for family or whatever, but, like, getting Blake Martinez to take, you know, like, he would have saved $8 million, and he they saved $6 mil now with the pay cut. Like, Blake Martinez is a good player. The fact that he didn't want to go and test free agency, I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but, again, it's, like, every like ACL injuries happen every single year. I was surprised, and that, like, is kind of important, you know? Like, the, that would have been a huge, uh, you know, out of – Tight end. They have no tight ends. They have no nose tackles. Like there's too, so many holes on this team to go into the year with our inside linebackers right now are Tay Crowder and or you know going the free agency with Tay Crowder and Carter Coughlin. Like Carter Coughlin would be if they didn't if they cut Blake Martinez would be our number two inside linebacker right now. And I know things change, but like going into going into free agency in the draft with all these holes, it's like you got to put people on the roster. So to be able to get Blake to take that pay cut, have the six million dollars of savings, like that's. A huge, huge win for Joe Shane. Like the Shepherd one was like, okay, this is a huge win for Joe Shane. Yeah, I agree. Because um, also, you may have Wink Martindale putting linebackers, interior linebackers, in some sticky situations, similar to what he was asked in Green Bay. Um, which I hope that doesn't totally happen, but that that may happen where you're taking you're taking a lot of linebackers off the field, or at least inside linebackers, those off-ball linebackers you're taking off the field, and then Blake Martinez is going to be it, and he fit that role in Green Bay. Um, so I would like a veteran to be there. Um, so I think you add it all up. Uh, Shepard's cap hit, and this is from Tom Rock. Uh, Shepard's cap hit went from $12.4 million to about $6.5 million. Martinez's cap hit went from about $14 million to $8 million. So... $12 million they save on both of those moves. Um, over the cap had the Giants at $6.7 million in the red before accounting for the $12 million that they saved. So I guess before today's moves, they had about $5.3 million in cap space. And again, the official league year doesn't start until Wednesday, you know, so they still can move stuff around and you know, maybe Bradbury is gone. But... Again, I don't know if Feliciano's contract's going to be. I really don't. But, like, you could look at it and say, okay, they have both those guys, and they're still technically under the cap. You know, if it if it was less than – if it's if it's less than three mil for John Feliciano. Yeah, if uh, Glowinski got – his cap hit is $3.35 million this year. Now, 2023, it takes a jump up. It's at $7.75 million. But I do not think – Feliciano should be getting much more than Glowinski 
if he should even be getting more at all this year. Because, it's again, it's a one-year deal. But I don't think he should be getting much more than $3.35 million. Is he even worth that much? No, I don't think he is. Yeah, because um, Golinski's a better player. So Yeah, so I do think that's debatable, to be honest. Uh, but Golinski can do more things. He's definitely more scheme-versatile. Uh, and then, obviously, doesn't have the injury issues that Feliciano has. Um, so, like, credit to Blake. Uh, yes. Like, I'm excited to have Blake Martinez back and to be able to work with Tay Crowder or who, what, or, you know, and they get a second inside linebacker. Like, like Blake, miss, losing Blake Martinez was a huge loss for the Giants, you know, and it, and it really was the main reason their run game, run defense struggled. Like, it was a huge reason why the Giants' run defense struggled. Like, their run defense was pretty damn bad yeah. this year. Um, you know, and part of it was by design by Patrick Graham inviting uh, teams to run the ball against them. But like with Blake Martinez, you can invite people to run the ball against you and also not be giving up big gains. You know, where with Tate Crowder as your Mike linebacker and Raglan as your as your will, you are going to be giving up those big gains. Like keeping Blake Martinez, um, he's improved a lot in coverage, which he'll be asked to do uh, with the Ravens or with with oh the, with, with, with Wink Martindale. I got to stop calling people's names by their former team, where it's just like. Brian and Dave, you know, Bobby Johnson is the Bills and Wink Martindale is the Ravens. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's huge because I think sometimes we forget when you cut people, you well, you got to replace them. So it's like, okay, you save eight mil by, by cutting Blake Martinez. Well, not really because you got to spend at least a million dollars on replacing that guy and possibly more. So, again, like you're it's almost like a, it's almost like a wash. Yeah. When you look at it. What did you think of Patrick Queen as a blitzer coming out of LSU? I liked it, but Patrick Queen has not been good for the Ravens. Um, Patrick Queen had three sacks, 10 QB hits in 2020. Sheesh. Um, Two sacks, three QB hits. Um, Blake Martinez, I'm excited for him as a blitzer. I mean, that's my my moral of the story because I think that was one of Blake's strengths coming from Green Bay. They put him in the A gap a lot in, with Green Bay on on blitzing down uh, passing downs, and he did well. The Patrick Graham never really did that with him, and I think very rarely did. It. And I think Wink's going to do that more, right? Yes, he was definitely going to do that. So more. Blake Martinez's best pass rushing year was five sacks, six QB hits in 2018. He also had three sacks and six QB hits in 2020 with Patrick Graham. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the QB hit number, I don't know what the sack is because sacks are tough to predict, but I wouldn't be surprised if this year the QB hit number creeps up towards 10 and it's a career year for Blake Martinez and QB hits because that's what Wink Martindale's going to do. Send these guys to blitz. All right, we got some other stuff we got to talk about. Before that, SeatGeek. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANT. So Kyrie Irving, if you're trying to go to a Nets game because of the stupid-ass law, you can uh, get $20 off it with SeatGeek promo code GIANTS if you're listening, Kyrie. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the app on our phones. Uh, you know, again, I was supposed to be going to a Nets Magic game tonight, but it's getting it's free agency. I, gotta, I, I respect the grind too much be really nice if maybe towards you know the season's ending that SeatGeek maybe send me to an Orlando Magic game in a suite the tickets are so cheap SeatGeek look at it please 
I'm begging you, send me to a Orlando Magic game. Whether it's football, concerts, basketball, baseball, festivals, or more, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green mean green mean good, red mean bad. Simple as that. Even a caveman can freaking do it. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee so you can shop for tickets with confidence don't worry we've got the hookup use code giants for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek that's $20 off your first purchase with promo code giants make sure you click the link in the description to download the app I'm just been waiting for the Knicks to beat the Nets you know it's been 775 days but they just never do Justin well I mean you're a net fan um why would you wait for that I'm waiting for it to happen on Twitter because it's Uh like okay let me get for you know like you know like all in my mentions but i'm like i've been bracing for that and it just never happens Kyrie irving definitely also listens to the show and i'm currently looking on seat geek for nascar tickets for when we go to charlotte for memorial day weekend how about that go we got to make that more official for people to make their plans yes maybe that's something we could do this week or next week um the Giants cut Caden Smith with a failed physical designation. Oh. So the, the injury that he had, I guess, was a lot more serious than was reported on at the time. And that makes sense. But it, I'll never not be frustrated by Caden Smith's career as a Giant. I, I never I never won't be. Like, he put up real production as a rookie in 2019. And again, that was after an uh, in-season waiver pickup. And he came in and fit in well. He was a good security blanket for Daniel Jones. Even had some big plays. Like, I bet you his 2019 had more 20-plus yard catches than Evan Ingram this season. Like, I almost can guarantee that when I'm playing it through true. my head. Um, and they they don't trade Evan Ingram ever. And they signed old ass Kyle Rudolph. Like it was, just, it was just so stupid the way this team handled Caden Smith. And again, he's. It's not talking about this moving individually because there is injury in it now, um, but it's just frustrating. And I'm hoping for the best for Caden because he's, the Giants totally mismanaged him as a player. It's stupid the way the Giants handled Kyle Rudolph. It's stupid the way the Giants handled Evan Ingram, and it's stupid the way that they handled Caden Smith. Um, by not playing arguably the best all-around tight end and the definitely not even arguably the tight end that had the most chemistry with Daniel Jones. So, yeah, it's 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 tough. Now the Giants, uh, let's go over the Giants tight ends that are on the roster currently, Bobby. Chris Myrick, Jake Hosman, and Rice and John. That's quite the crew. Chris Myrick, tight end one. Uh, coming off of a Super Bowl run, didn't win it, but you know you almost you almost did, Chris Myrick. Yeah, it's just frustrating, and again, it sucks that it's ending with an injury. So I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of his career, but like, definitely appreciate of Caden Smith's three year with the New York Giants. Like he was a big part of the run game in 2020, which by the way, he caught 18 passes in 2020. Justin, how many targets did he have? 20. 18. Oh, 100 catch rate, huh? Yeah. Um, just, just frustrating the way Caden Smith was, was used the past two years. Uh, so now do you want to talk about players that have left the Giants? Yes. Is there anything else you want to clean up before we get into that? Um, no, now I'm getting a little anxious about what the hell we're doing in the tight end room, but. (laughs) Yeah, we got some serious holes to fill, you know, and offensive line is obviously the one that's on and people's in people's minds, which is because the most important, but like they have really essentially no tight ends on the roster. They have no nose tackle on the roster. 
Um, they've got serious holes to fill right now. Um, and one of those because Evan Ingram left for the Jaguars on a one-year $9 million deal that could be $10 million deal. Can I say, I thought I would actually have some, like, I would miss a little bit of Evan Ingram because he'd been here for five years and no matter how, like, you just get some type of, like, emotional connection with a player who's been on your team for that long. I don't. I really don't miss Evan Ingram. He's a bad football player, you know, and it's more than just the drops. He's not a good route runner. He has a horrible feel for sitting in zone coverages. The drops are a big part of it, you know, and then he's coming off of his worst year statistically wise. Like he had, he had his career worst in every statistical category this year, essentially, except for catch rate. Um, you know, and that's coming off of a 2020 season was a, that was a disaster, which is crazy that these guys, you'd be a first round pick and run fast. And it's like, that just sticks with you, that you're going to get this contract still for Evan Ingram. But I honestly don't miss him at all. Like, I, I think he's a bad player. I um, think he's an awesome guy who works hard and can't believe he's kind of picked, like, like didn't ever lose it on Giants fans or Giants media. Uh, but I'm not missing Evan Ingram at all. He's not a good football player. So this is something that I kind of discussed with, you know, research Rick a little bit. I view this as a gamble for Evan Ingram, kind of like one year deal. I know nine of it is guaranteed and he can get up to 10 and, you know, him getting a $9 million contract guaranteed. That's, that's good for Evan Ingram. But also I think the name of the game in the NFL is kind of getting a little bit more long-term security. And especially because he's going to an, unstable situation that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you view that? Do you view the Evan Ingram contract as a gamble on himself, the one year deal, or do you view it as good for Evan Ingram getting all that guaranteed money? I view it as a gamble. I don't because look at what the last two years were. The 20, 2020 was a disaster, a disaster year for Evan Ingram. Literally everything that could have went wrong, went wrong for Evan Ingram, whether it was the interceptions or the fumbles. And then he topped that off with his worst statistical category year. And there's times where they needed him and he didn't do much. You know, that's awesome. He had a nice catch versus the Raiders. Whip the freaking do. You know, Caden Smith had a nice catch versus the Patriots in the preseason. You know, that was a better catch than what Evan Ingram did versus the Raiders. Um, you know, it's like, and he just got this deal. And so he's going to go with the Jaguars. He'll probably, he will play better with the Jaguars. Um, but like, he's got this first, I uh, former first round pick with the, who's really fast tag on him and no one's going to pay attention super close to what he's doing in Jacksonville unless he does really well. So like, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that risky at all because look at what he just came off of in the contract he got. Well, I, th- I think it's risky. And, yeah. It's a one year deal, year. but a three year deal is essentially a two year deal regardless. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was done having the this is the breakout year for Evan Ingram conversation he's not a good after player. I, I was done was I even that high on him and I don't know if I gotta I gotta re-listen maybe to the to the PPP that we did heading into the 2020 season um you know maybe I was excited for him but it's also like eh uh, it's gonna be weird not seeing him at tight end how about that I'm not I don't know if I'm gonna miss him but I was thinking about like thinking of another Giants tight end not wearing number 88, you know, because it's been the last four years. So that'll be interesting. Five years. Five years. Yeah, I guess. 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah. Only Reese picks left in the on the team are Charlene Shepard and Davis Webb. You can't kill Davis Webb. I know. It's a joke. All right. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm not going to miss him. The Jaguars, by the way, are dumb as shit with the signings they've been making. Like, like moronic signings that they've been making. Like, Evan Ingram was like the th- like the third worst signing they made today. Um, you know, like it, it looks like way better than the Christian Kirk. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a dumber contract than the Christian Kirk contract. Like, I think Matt Flynn was more justifiable than that Christian Kirk contract. Who's stopping an offense of Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and trying to think of one other person that they paid today? Zay Jones. <laughs> they gave Zay Jones like ten million a year. Zay Jones. Oh, great! Who's stopping that offense? It's the ba- it's the, it, it, you want to know what it is? It's really the band of misfits. It's the band of it's the band of fantasy football misfits that people choose to break out every single year. That's really what it is. That is what it is. You need to turn that into a tweet. Austin Johnson, our nose tackle, who had a really good season. You know, the first half of the season was putting up some nice, like you know, box score stats. The second half of the season wasn't as flashy, but still was a good player. Um, he signed with the Chargers for uh, two years, fourteen million dollars. Um, that's a that's a big hole. Nose tackle's a hole. Obviously, Danny Shett was a free agent, but he was a hole regardless. He sucked. Huh. Um, like nose tackle, I feel like that has to be addressed in free agency, right? Too, you know, like not necessarily you're like putting all the like, but there there should come out of free agency with a nose tackle. Yeah, because again, do you want to put all your eggs in a basket and the, where you have to get a nose tackle? Um, my guy John Ridgeway, out of Arkansas, senior bowl guy. He's gonna be a giant. Hey, I'm, I'm um, a Neil Farrell Jr. stand, but you can't just go into the draft being like, "I'm we're gonna get Neil Farrell Jr." Yeah, because especially with again, all the other holes on this on this team, you're putting yourself in a very tough situation if you do that. So, yeah, Austin Johnson was like most improved player from <laughs> you. You could say. On both sides of the ball, most improved player from 2020 to 2021. Um, definitely production-wise, like, you know, everything went up, like, over 100%. So, yeah, uh, good for Austin Johnson. Two-year, $14 million. We thought that we overpaid for him last year. I guess we didn't. And I guess maybe the Chargers overpaid for him this year. But, you know, cap's going up. Everybody's paying more. All these players are getting money. So, maybe Austin Johnson. Well, Austin Johnson, how do you like this? Austin Johnson replacing Linville Joseph, also previous giant in the chart at the Chargers. Chargers front four is going to be pretty nice. They get, they signed Sebastian Day Joseph, who was a former Rutgers guy. I think the, the Giants Rams. were also looking into him, according to Ryan Dunleavy. He got a pretty big contract. Um, so nose tackle is a big hole that has to be filled. I would expect a nose tackle signed in the next four to five days. Uh, Keon Crossan, I was blown away at this contract. He got from the Dolphins, what was it, three years, $10.5 million? Three years, $10.5 million, and he negotiated his own contract, so he gets to pocket all that. That was wild. Like I know he's a really he is a really <laughs> good special team player, but for him to get three years, $10.5 million, like, who was his connection on the Miami Dolphins to get that contract? What's like, up with I, all these Florida teams overpaying when there's no state tax to begin with? Still, that's I don't care how many state tax there is. That's yeah. There's uh, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like I was blown away at that contract. And there's another contract I want to talk about that I was blown away at. Um, but that's like a huge part. Like that's a huge part in the comp pick uh, formula. You know. Yes. Like I'm excited oh. for the comp picks we get. Quick note, because Keon Cross and special teamer Giants also brought back CJ Board today, so we forgot about that. I like my special teamers to be able to play offense or defense, and CJ Board can do that. So he's the type of special teamer I like. What was that? A thirty-seven yarder, thirty-eight yarder against the Falcons, Week Three. Um, CJ Board catches that. 
42? Wow, look at that. Um, C.J. Board catches that ball on the side, and it was a third and four, by the way, because that's the only time that the Giants would ever try and just throw the ball down the field on a, like a, a third down. Eh, let's just see if it works. Um, they're not going to go for it on fourth down. Why would they ever do that? So it was a third and four. C.J. Board catches a 42-yard pass, and I'm thinking, yes, we're going to capitalize off of the Washington football team momentum that we got Thursday night after scoring 29 points. And no, that was the only time that we threw the ball 20-plus yards down the field that game. Um, welcome back, C.J. Board. That was a that was a very scary arm fracture injury that he had last year. Like, I was in the stands, and I was like, that was a big hit. I hope he's all right. So, he's back. C.J. Board is back. Um, comp picks. This comp picks. really – yeah, talk about comp picks. So, this is Nick Cordy. I don't know really – I think he does stuff for over the cap. He seems to have a good grasp on – Probably pronounced Corte, but I don't know. Sure. Nick Corte. Um, that would you think be, it's Cordy? That's a really good last name. Nope, don't think so. Um, so, this was after the Keon Crossan signing and after the Giants signed uh, Mark Lewinsky – because um, remember, John Feliciano, that does not count against the comp pick formula. Even if the up two ends up being counted as lower for compensatory pick formula purposes. Don't know what the first pick, of the first half of that sentence means. As it stands now, the Giants should have either a fifth rounder open because of Evan Ingram or sixth rounder because of Austin Johnson, depending on which round Mark Lewinsky's contract is valued at. So I'm guessing the Colts also put had something on Mark Lewinsky. So then it depends on what his contract is, and then whatever that is, it'll balance out. If it's a sixth rounder, then we get the fifth rounder with Evan Ingram as it stands, and if it's a fifth rounder, then we'll get the Olsen Johnson sixth rounder. So, not great. We could have easily traded Evan Ingram and got a fourth rounder at least, I feel, before the 2021 season. Yes, team is valued Evan Ingram, which is, again, we just had that conversation. Um, but I, I love comp picks, so I'm excited to whenever those are announced in yeah. 2023. Like, I do love comp picks. And then still... Dennis got four in 2020. That was fun. And then still, we got Jabril Peppers, Will Hernandez, Lawrence or Carter that could possibly get deals. And, I mean, it also does depend on how many more free agents the Giants sign. If the Giants keep signing free agents and, you know, those guys are going to get deals somewhere. But if they keep signing guys, then I, does the comp pick formula balance out and we, we, we lose picks? So, we'll have to... We'll have to see. But those guys are probably going to get deals and Giants may get more comp picks. And hey, Tay Crowder is on this team because of a comp pick. They had three comp pick seventh rounders that year. Oh. Tay Crowder's on this team because of a comp pick. Um, so I, I love comp picks. You know, the it's the more darts the more darts you get. Simple as yep. that. Draft is a lot. Um before we end, did you see BJ Hill got three years thirty million dollars? That's what PFF was projecting him to get. That is insane. I have a tweet that I have scheduled for tomorrow morning, so people probably have seen it. I'm gonna the 2000. Hold on, unsent tweets scheduled. The 2020 Giants defensive tackles current contracts annual average annual value: Leonard Williams 21 mil, Dalvin 10 and a half, BJ Hill 10 mil, Austin Johnson 7 mil, and then Dexter Lawrence at 3.3 mil on his rookie deal. That was the greatest defensive tackle group of all time, Justin. <laughs> it was the, what did you just say? The greatest defensive tackle group of all time. Think about how they had that te- that defensive tackle group had. Remember, we went on our our position review. They had more sacks than like eight total, like eight teams did on their own. 
Really? Yeah. I maybe I'm wrong on that number, but they was like they had more sacks than teams like that defensive tackle group had more sacks than some teams did as a whole. Yeah, because that was Leo's big insane year. So yeah. I mean, Leo had eleven. Like I think they ended up at like twenty-two sacks as a team. Okay. How did BJ Hill get ten million dollars a year? That's that. I wish we could have BJ Hill for the comp pick formula. Yeah, wish wish that worked out. But um, no. But I mean, I there was a tweet that I saw today that there was only like I'm going to be getting the number wrong. There was only like X amount of teams last off season that paid more than $175 million in free agents. I think that is the number. Um, but now teams have already cleared that, you know, teams like they're like the Jaguars just cleared it like in one day. So, you know, I think the giants were one of those, those teams last year to spend a lot of money. Um, but not a lot of other teams did because a lot of, you know, a lot of those teams think they planned on this off season being the off season that they were going to spend because the cap increased this year, and then it's going to skyrocket even more when Amazon gets in here, and you know you're seeing that Joe, you know Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, they're moving around, and Amazon's hiring people for Thursday night football and whatnot. So, the more money the NFL is going to make, the more the salary cap is going to go up, and I and that's what I think the league is doing. The Giants should pick up Dexter Lawrence's fifth year option, which I, we don't need to get into this deep, but like if you, a week ago I said they shouldn't. Now that I'm seeing these defensive tackle contracts, they absolutely should pick up his option for 10, 10, uh, 10 and a half mil. Absolutely. Yeah, because it buys you another year. That's what it really does. Yeah. And he's a better player than BJ Hill and Austin Johnson, you know? <laughs> and, like, so they, they definitely should pick up Dexter Lawrence's uh, option now. So, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, where a week ago I would have said no. When you look at like the guys making, it, it's like, well, it's like you could probably get, him, you could probably could extend him for a, a little less than that. You know, um, now it's like, no, you probably won't be able to. So, yep. Um, all right, anything else? No, excited for whatever comes next, whether it's nothing, uh, or if it's little insy bitsy moves. Uh, there's got to be more cap space that's created. So we'll see how that happens. Something's gonna happen with James Bradbury. Yeah. Something's going to happen with James Bradbury. And that's why we didn't talk much about it. Because something's going to happen. So, we appreciate you guys. We'll probably see you on Friday. Unless there's some huge blockbuster move. Um, but we'll have film breakdowns out of all these guys. Check those out on the channel. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. Enjoy free agency. Until then, let's go Big Blue.